Good morning. How is everyone? Wonderful. Whoa, did that get really bright all of a sudden? Am I glowing? Man, okay. Well, I hope I look all right. Um, I am excited this morning to be with you guys. I hope you guys are excited. This um, summer we have been in a series called Kingdom Living, and if you haven't been with us, uh, you might be surprised, but what we're doing in this Kingdom Living series is actually going through the Ten Commandments, and it has been fantastic. I have personally, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I've, I've enjoyed teaching it. I've enjoyed listening to others teach it. Um, and so this morning, we're going to continue in that series, and we're going to be looking at commandment number eight. So if you want to um, turn in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 20, verse 15, we're going to start there. and We're going to jump right into this. Exodus chapter 20, verse 15 reads this way, you shall not steal. If you don't like how it's worded there, you can look in Deuteronomy 5.19. It's listed there as well. And it reads this way. You shall not steal. You know, one of the things we've been saying in this series is that it's not just enough to, to read the commandment and, and think you know exactly what it means. You know, to, to look, uh, in particular, when we talked about murder, it was, it was fascinating and and um, Pastor Bill did an incredible job. When, when you look at murder, you think, oh, I know what that means. I shall not murder. But when you begin to dig into it, um, all these other things begin to be revealed about what God really is intending. When you begin to dig into the scriptures and look at, at what it says. And, and, and that has been the case in almost everything that we've looked at. This morning, however, this one is about as straightforward as it gets. You shall not steal. It really is talking about you shouldn't take anything that's not yours. And so really, if we wanted to, but it wouldn't be that much fun, we could just close and go on our merry way. And uh, so, yeah, I, I understand. Oh, that would be fun. That would be fun. Um, but I thought what we do is we just take a few minutes first and, and, and just look through some of the scriptures just so we can make sure we fully understand about what it is God is saying when he says to his people and, and here and to the Israelites and to us, you shouldn't steal. So we're going to just flip through a couple of scriptures, and I just want to share my heart. Because I do believe that in each of these commandments, God is only not calling us away from something, but he's calling us to something. You know, this is kingdom living. And so in each of these um, commandments, there are principles for us on how to live a godly life. And those include things that he's calling us to, not just things that he's calling us not to. To do so, but first I want to look at what he's called us not to do. We're going to start with the first thing he says not to steal is his word. Jeremiah twenty three twenty five through thirty two. I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures, and, and you can write the references down, and they'll be uh, on the recording. But this is also a verse I used when we talked about taking the Lord's name in vain. It says this. We're going to skip down a couple of verses. Actually, it says therefore declares the Lord, I am against the prophets who steal from one another words supposedly from me. Yes, declares the Lord, I am against the prophets who wag their own tongues and yet declare the Lord declares. Indeed, I am against those who prophesy false dreams, declares the Lord. They tell, they tell them and lead my people astray with their reckless lies. Yet I did not send or appoint them. They do not benefit these people in the least. So the first thing we see is God does not want us to take things that we think to be true, that we have thoughts on our, what's in our heart, and we want people to believe them. We want people maybe to do what we say, and so we, dis we begin to use his name and, and steal from him and say, this is what God says. And that's the first thing he says, but in each of these as we go through, you'll see there's also a flip side. A couple of verses, that's why I listed all of them, 25 through 32. 
a couple of verses before this, he says, but let the one who has my word speak it faithfully, declares the Lord. Is not my word fire? And is not my word like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces? We've got to be careful that we don't just throw everything out. God is saying, what I, I want you to do is, is not steal from me, but when you have a word for me, walk in power with it. Because my word breaks bondages. Our, my word breaks chains. My word frees people. My word burns away things in people's lives that don't need to be there. But don't use it for your own gain. Don't use it for your own personal life, your own personal ministry, your own personal profit is what he's calling here. Next, we'll see in Proverbs 20, we shouldn't steal food. Food gained by fraud tastes sweet to a man, Proverbs 20:17, but he ends up with a mouthful of gravel. Proverbs 10, 2 tells us about not stealing money. Ill-gotten treasures have no lasting value, but righteousness delivers from death. See, there's a, there it is again. You're going to see it time and time again, this word, but. He says, don't do this. Ill-gotten treasures, things you get in money that you, you get in, in ill-conceived, unrighteous ways, they'll lead to death. But if you live the righteous way, if you, if you live according to God's way, it actually will bring life it will deliver you from death the next one we see in matthew 25 and i know i'm giving you a lot of scripture and trust me if you just bear with me we'll we'll get to where we're going matthew 22 sorry 22 15 through 22 jesus begins to talk about taxes everybody loves taxes right everybody loves when they get their paycheck and they take a look at it and all their money starts disappearing and at the end of the year you know you might owe some money or, or whatever it might be Matthew 22 says this, Then the Pharisees went out and laid plans to trap him in his words. They sent their disciples uh, to him along with the Herodians. Teacher, they said, we know that you are a man of integrity and that you, should, that you teach the way, God, uh, the way of God in accordance with the truth. You aren't swayed by others because you pay no attention to who they are. Man, that line right there, you could have a whole other sermon. You don't pay attention to others. You, you don't care who they are. Tell us then, what is your opinion? Is it right to pay the imperial tax to Caesar or not? But Jesus, knowing their evil intent, said, you hypocrites, why are you trying to trap me? Show me a coin. Many of you probably heard this. Show me a coin used for paying the tax. They brought him the denarius, and they asked him, uh, he asked them, whose image is this and whose inscription? Caesar's, they replied. Then he said to them, so give back to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, and so they left him. You know, I, I, I'm sure all of you kind of fall in the same boat, and I don't mean to presume, but I'm going to anyway. When you look at your taxes, it really kind of, or when you look at your check, it kind of miffs you a little bit, right? Kind of bothers you. But God is saying here, Jesus is saying here, it's actually okay. It's actually okay for you to pay your taxes. It's actually okay for the government to take your money. And for me, it was, it was really a, 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 just a moment of clarity when I was reading through these scriptures and, and kind of God just kind of, you know, um, pricking my heart because I, I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good at the not stealing thing. It's not something I particularly struggle with. I can go in a store and walk out and pay for everything that I want. Um, I have had a kid or two accidentally steal because they didn't quite understand that, the stuff on the shelf is, you know, not free. But when I saw this, and, and I begin to understand that a lot of times in my heart, I am frustrated by the fact that I pay taxes or that somebody is taking the money that I have earned or so, so I think I've earned 
and that I've worked hard for and, and done what I'm supposed to do. But here, Jesus is saying, it is okay to pay your taxes. And what he's saying deep down is it's okay because if you trust me, I will take care of all that you need. Matthew 6, if you look through there, it talks about not worrying. He says, don't worry about your, where your money's going to come from, where your clothes are going to come from, where your house is going to come from, where your food's going to come from. I know you need those things. I will provide them. And so here he's saying, it's okay to pay your taxes. Don't worry about it. Don't be frustrated about it. Don't be angry about it. But just trust me. Be content and trust me. Maybe he's speaking that to you. He's speaking that to me. Another way we can steal is if we're not careful by the way we tithe. Malachi 3, 6 through 8. This is a fun subject. Everybody likes to talk about this. I, the Lord, do not change. So you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your ancestors, you have turned away from my decrees and you have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. But you ask, how are we to return? Will a mere mortal rob God? So they're asking this question, how can we rob God? And, and he answers, he says, yet you rob me. And you ask, how are we robbing you? In tithes and offerings, he says, bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for your father, uh, for yours will be delightful in the land, says the Lord Almighty. What an incredible challenge and what an incredible promise that if we are willing to give of our money and tithe of our money and bring our offerings to the storehouse, God doesn't say, hey, you, you need to do this. You have to do this. He doesn't just say that. He says, test me and I will pour out blessings on you. I will make them overflow in your life so you don't have anywhere to put them. And, and we're going to come back to that. We're going to come back to this idea of generosity and what do we do with everything that God has given us. Because if we're faithful with our money and we're faithful not to steal from God in regards to this, he says, I will pour it out on you that you can't count it. I will pour it out on you that you can't hold it. I will pour it out that you won't have a storehouse big enough for it. But this is an area in our life when it comes especially to money that, that we as people, we tend to be very um, concerned and fear based in this. And we don't even realize we're entering in that until we begin to walk in the promises of God and walk in the call of God. I'm going to talk about it just a second. When we begin to walk in the call of God in regards to this commandment, God begins to expose our heart. We'll get back to that. The next thing we got to be careful is, is, is debt. It says, the wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. You know, there's places in the Bible, um, it talks about that we've got to pay down our debt. And it's interesting that nowhere in the Bible it says getting into debt is a sin. Sometimes life happens and things happen in our life. And God has made provision in the Old Testament. Remember every seven years, he'd cancel all of it? Who wants that back? Yes. <laughs> yes. We all want that back. But staying there and living there is a different story. When we get into debt, God is calling us to work a plan, to, to make a budget, and to work our way out of that. And he's going to provide in that if we're faithful, it says, to be generous. The wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. If you're a business owner, God calls you to conduct your business in a manner that is honoring and worthy and not in a place that, that steals or cheats people. Proverbs 11.1 1 says, The Lord abhors dishonest scales, but accurate weights are his delight. Again, you have this word, but, and so I just want to take a second to look at it. It says, He abhors dishonest scales, but his delight is accurate scales. His delight is accurate payments. His delight is accurate charges. 
So as a Christian, if you're a businessman, you don't have to give everything away. You don't have to give all your services away in order um, to, to meet God's um, call in your life. You, you don't. He might call you to give a lot away, but it actually says as a businessman, it's okay. The righteous, uh, sorry, but accurate weights are his delight. He doesn't say, but you have to give it all away as a businessman. It says accurate weights are his delight. And so what he's calling us to is it, fair and equal payment. If you have people who work for you, says the Lord detests, uh, sorry, you shall not oppress your neighbor or rob him. The wages of a hired servant shall not remain with you all night until the morning. Woe to him, Leviticus 22, uh, Jeremiah 22 says, woe to him who builds his house by unrighteousness and his upper rooms by injustice, who makes his neighbor serve him for nothing and does not give him wages. First Timothy 5.18 says, you shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain and the laborer deserves his wages. These are all things that God is calling us to do in regards to this commandment, that, that we are good with our money, we are good with our time, we are good uh, with the things that we have, and we don't try to take from others what might be theirs. And this is, is something that you might not struggle with uh, when you first think about it, but as we begin to, to dig into this in here in just a second, you might begin to understand that there's something in our hearts that actually can, can get right into this whole idea of thou shalt not steal. And that really is kind of fear-based, and, and sometimes we have greed in our life because we don't know how we're going to make it in the future if I give everything away, if, if I live a generous life. And maybe you've struggled in some of these areas in your life. Maybe you've have struggled in some of these um, places we've just talked about. And one thing we've been talking about the last couple of weeks is, you know, all these commandments you can never follow on your own. And you can never follow unless you fully understand and fully are aware of God's love for you, for his grace in your life, and for his redemption. There's, there's no way to walk through even the most basic of these commandments without fully understanding that we serve a redeeming God, that no matter what's happened in our past, no matter how many times we make mistakes in regards to all these, there is redemption. In regards to this, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11 says this, or do you not know that all wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? That's you and me, by the way, if you don't know who wrongdoers are. Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanders, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. But, there it is again, you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. See, this is how God works in our life. When we have problems and we, we break commandments and, and we get it wrong, there is redemption each and every time. And that's what he's saying here. For the thief, for those who are greedy, for those who are struggling in this area, there is redemption when you come to know Jesus. But as we look at this commandment, and the thing that strikes me when we look at all the commandments is, is not only is there something we're called away from, but there is always something we're called to. And in this kingdom living series, I, I've been calling them principles, godly principles that he's, he's calling us to walk out. And the first is this, that we're not called to take, we're not called to steal, but we're actually called to bring life and to give life. Jesus does it first in John 10, 7 through 10. He's always our example. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, 
I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They come in and they go out and they find pasture. The thief, those who steal, the thief, Satan, only steal and kill and destroy. He says, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. See, we're called not to to be people who take things from people, but people who give things to people. And one of those things is 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 the idea, not the idea, is, is to introduce people and tell people who Jesus is, that they may have life unto the fullest, that they may no longer live a life that's being destroyed and it's being killed and it's being stolen from, but one that is full and that, that God is pouring into. And that's part of our responsibility is that we carry Jesus with us, we carry the Holy Spirit with us, and we need to walk in that. So not just worrying about how do I not steal, but how do I live a life that is full and how do I live a life that is is giving? The second principle in here is generosity. We saw it over and over again. He said, I dishonor, I don't like dishonoring scales, but I like those who are generous. He's calling us to generosity. Ephesians 4, 25 through 28 says this. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. For we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who is stealing must no longer steal, but must work. Doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. See, you see it right there. It says, stop stealing. And then do this. It's not just please don't steal. It's you need to work with your hands. You need you need to to have a job. You need to make money. You need to have things so that you can have something to share with those in need. See, God is calling us to be a generous people because he himself is the most generous person you will ever know in your life. He pours out on us each and every day the favor. He pours out on us each and every day his love. He pours out his blessings in our life. I can't tell you how many times and, and times and times and times that God has poured out his blessings and financially in our life and taken care of things and, and met needs that I wasn't even sure he really cared about. But then he did each and every time in my life. And that's what he's calling us to do. He's not calling us to just stay away from stealing. He's calling us to pour out into other people, to be people of generosity, to be people that are willing to give everything we have for his kingdom and for those around us. It's interesting. One of the things that comes up in regards to stealing is greed. And somewhere in, in each and every one of our lives, this is, this is a problem, at least to a certain extent where we, we have greed. And sometimes it's greed because we're fearful of what's going to happen in the future and are we going to have enough money and sometimes it's greed because we love money and that's a whole whole another sermon but if we will be willing to step out in generosity generosity and greed can't function in the same place and here's a challenge for you if you think and you wonder do i have a problem with greed or do i have a problem with fear take a week and live as generously as possible that when you see a need, you're willing to meet it. When you see somebody in need, you're willing to give. If there's an offering, you, you, you give. I, I don't know what it might be that God might be saying that to you. But I promise, if you have a problem with greed in your life and you begin to live generously, you will find out. 
Because it will begin to rise up and it will begin to bristle in your life and you'll begin to say, oh, this is fearful doing this. But it's okay. Because if you begin to step out in generosity and that comes up, Jesus wants to heal you in that. Jesus wants to reassure you and take away your fear that you might not have enough or take away your fear that you can't pay your bills or take away your fear of whatever it might be in regards to that. If we are willing to step out and be generous and, and pour out into other people's lives and pour out into our community, God will show himself faithful. And that greed will begin to wipe, be wiped away because it can't stay if we're generous people. He's not calling us just away from stealing, but calling us to generosity. But there's a trick for this. You can't do it on your own. I promise, too, if you try to be generous and don't spend some time with the Lord, you'll fail. If you don't submit it to God and, and don't meet him, you will fail. There is no way to do this and to live a generous life without encountering him. One of my favorite stories is found in Luke 19, 1 through 10. It reads this way. It's a very famous story. Most of you probably know it. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and he was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and he climbed in a sycamore fig tree to see him. Since Jesus was coming that way, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down and at once. He welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. That Zacchaeus stood up and he said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Today, salvation has come, Jesus said, to this house, because this man, too, is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. This is a great story, and there's so many different truths that we can take out. But today, you'll find the truth of what it means to meet Jesus and let him change your life. Zacchaeus met Jesus. He had an encounter with Jesus, and he went immediately from being greedy, thief, swindler, tax collector. See, maybe, maybe taxes aren't that good. To one of the most generous people you will ever meet. I will give away half of everything that I have. And those people that I have cheated, not only will I just repay them, but I will pay them four times. It's, it's how redemption works in your life and and it's how god works in your life he doesn't just restore he always restores and increases and and that's what he did in zacchaeus's life he met he met jesus and jesus changed his life forever and so if we want to be generous people if we want to pour out blessings like god has called us to do and pour out blessings the way he is pouring out into us we have to encounter jesus but not just once. Here it was, it was the first encounter he had with Jesus and it changed him forever. It has to be a daily thing. It, we have to encounter Jesus Christ every day in our life. We have to walk with him and abide with him. That is how we begin to live generous lives. Then if you begin to live generous lives, you don't even have to worry about whether or not I'm stealing. 
See how that works? So often we're worried about what I, I can't do and what I shouldn't do versus what I should do. And if we focus on what we should do, you automatically stay away from the line of stealing. And so God is saying, meet with me, walk with me, let me show you what it means to be generous. Let me show you what it means to pour out. Let me show you how I want to be generous in your life so that you can be generous to others. When we look at stealing, that's not what I see anymore. When I look at that, thou shalt not steal, I see thou shalt give everything. That is the call that God has for you and for me. You want to talk about seeing lives changed. Be stupid generous to somebody who doesn't deserve it. Be stupid generous to somebody who's not expecting it, who thinks they're not worthy enough for somebody to be kind to, to for not worthy enough for somebody to be generous to, and see what happens in somebody's life. Because that's how God has worked in all of our lives. There's oftentimes we feel like I am, I am not worthy. I have made mistakes. Maybe you've made mistakes with your finances and you're thinking, I, this is all my fault. And so I've got to fix it. That's not true. We make mistakes in our lives. We make mistakes in our finances. And God will pour out your blessings if you begin to let him mold you and begin to open your life to him. He is generous. And that's our call. Our call is not just to stay away from stealing and don't, you know, take a bag of, of candy out of the store. Our call as Christians in kingdom living, kingdom principles, is to encounter Jesus every single day in our life and let him work in us and let's be people who are generous. Then you will see lives change. and You'll see the kingdom of God move and advance. You will see things in your life change, in your family's life change, in your children's life change. When we begin to realize we can be generous because we don't have to worry about our provision because God provides enough. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that you are a God who lavishes upon us. You lavish your love. You lavish your favor, your blessings in our life. Lord, I pray that we would take the time every single day to encounter you and let you mold us, let you shape us. Lord, and that be, we be willing to be people that are generous. That we will not be worried about our own provision. We will not be worried about our own lives. We will be worried about those who are around us that are in need. Those who are around us that need us in their lives to be there for them. That need you in their lives to bring salvation and redemption. Lord, I pray that that's how we would walk around each and every day. So I pray for each and every one of us here that we'd be willing to be bold. We'd be willing to step out in generosity. We'd be willing to pour out on those around us, knowing, Lord, that you meet and provide every single need in our lives. We pray all this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.